0: I, I have a prayer that I say because Gabby told me, and that's show me where to go, show me what to do, show me what, show me what to say and to whom, put someone in my, in my path that I can help. If I end up being famous, have it be so I can help someone. Like little things like that, sayings, I think, stick with me the most from her. And her new book, Super Attractor, is, is so awesome. It's her, it's her best one yet. I'm, I'm just so proud.
1: I'm Doug Bobst Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and today's guest is none other than Courtney Friel, who is a news anchor for KTLA, best-selling author. She's a sobriety warrior. She's been in recovery now for over 10 years, and her story is freaking amazing, and what she has done as a result of it to, to not only help others in their recovery, but what she's even doing just through her own platform. Um, to keep people inspired on their journey is something that's absolutely inspirational. So, Courtney, thank you so much for hopping on.
0: Thanks for having me on. And I'm also in your book. Don't forget about that. Um- I
1: know. I didn't want to plug my own book. I mean, um, but yeah, you and I met um, because when I wrote my book, The Heart of Recovery, um I interviewed you for my book, and your story is where i, I that's where I initially heard about your story. and um obviously' I've been we've been developed like a friendship and been following each other for a while. And now, you know, it's just really cool to see everything you're doing and with your book. And even like the weathering the storm, you know, being an anchor in the middle of like one of the hardest times of our country, I'm seeing some of the stuff that you've had to go through. So what's that been like being like an anchor, like during the pandemic?
0: Well, first I was going to say, isn't Instagram amazing? Because we can be all connected like that. And nice to know people are actually watching my content. It's usually me like searching for a bathroom out in the field because <laughs> are closed during the pandemic. But I anchor during the weekend and then I'm out in the field. So I'm, I'm getting, you know, both angles of it. And it's been overwhelming. I mean, I was about to take a vacation because I'd been going hard this whole year. And the night that Trump, announced us not to travel to Europe the next day. I was supposed to go on a vacation to Europe. So I said, all right, I'm going to take my days back. And then we've been going hard on COVID, like more shows and long days. And it's just been exhausting. And then, you know, two and a half months into that, then all of this protest riot stuff happened. And it's, it's just, continued on and we can't even take vacations but look i'm so grateful that i have a job during this time period because i know so many people i know uh lost their jobs their businesses and um it's it's an interesting time and even having kids my kids are 8 and 9 like they don't quite understand and they're really frustrated right now like i hate the coronavirus and but but that too like i've gotten to spend so much more time with them and there's there's blessings in everything and and i i have discovered a new like sober tactic to cope with it i am journaling 20 mm-hmm. minutes not every day but um definitely when something you know aggravates me like i went into trader joe's <laughs> the other day and i was i was so upset with their new system of how you have to like stay in line and 6 feet and and i was like i'm never coming here again And I, and I came back and I just set my timer for 20 minutes and I just wrote out my frustrations. And, and then I meditate for 20 minutes after that to kind of like, let it all go. But it's better than, which we know a lot of people are certainly doing during this time.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny. Like I was, somebody was telling me the other day that alcohol sales have gone up like four or 500% since COVID, (laughs) since COVID started. I mean, it might even be more now with just everything else going on. And I just think like so many times, as we know, like in recovery, how you deal with the stress is what really separates you from how, how you're going to handle things in the future. Right. So, and I know like, obviously journaling and meditation are big for you. And what a lot of people don't know is obviously, you know, one of the big sober warriors in society today is Gabby Bernstein. And so many people love her work and they've, she's helps so many people. And a lot of people have actually benefited from her coaching programs and her books, but you've had the opportunity of having a a pretty intimate relationship with her and she's somebody who's been a mentor for you. What would you say some of the lessons and things you've learned from her um, that have really influenced your recovery and like your, your view on spirituality?
0: So I met Gabby when I had four months sober, luckily a friend introduced us together and she became my mentor and we kind of helped each other too, because I was working at Fox news at the time and I would have on my show. Um, I did this online show, so she would come on the panel. And then I remember like, I got her a Fox and friends interview on new year's day for her first book. So I knew her like before any of her books and that, that like helped her get, More interviews, but she has just always been like so practical. Like, I I really admired her because, like, we had similar looks and backgrounds and using stories and stuff. So, I think that helps when you can relate to someone, especially when you're new because you think, like, oh, an alcoholic is like, you know, the guy that's like on the streets beating their wives, not paying their rent. Like, I can't Mm. be like that. So, it helps to kind of identify with someone's story. So to this day, like I, I have a prayer that I say, because Gabby told me, and that's show me where to go. Show me what to do. Show me what, show me what to say into whom put someone in in my path that I can help. If I end up being famous, have it be so I can help someone like little things like that sayings, I think stick with me the most from her. And her new book, Super Attractor is, is so awesome. It's her, it's her best one yet. I'm I'm just so proud of, of where, you know, her career has gone. And I mean, I would love to be doing that too. Sometimes I'm like, well, it'd be nice to just inspire people and not be like out all of these bad news stories all the time, but we connect when she comes out to LA. So I still you know, and I obviously follow her on Instagram and now she's a mom and everything. So, um but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm lucky. And I feel like, I feel like in my sobriety, so I have 10 and a half years, like just so many people have come into my life that were just put there. Like I didn't have to do any work. They were introduced to me. And I, and that's kind of how I feel since I've started meditating too. At five years in to my sobriety, I started meditating and it's really like as long as like you do the work on yourself like things will just happen the like that saying like i pedal god steers like that's my new favorite thing because I'm just like i don't have the answers like cause sometimes you're sitting in the like i don't know like am i going to be in news forever like what what's going to happen with things and then you you just chill and you'd be like oh i'm just i'm just pedaling or paddling and god's going to steer me and i just and i have to just trust that that's how it's going to go because it's it's happened for me that way
1: yeah, and I think it's so cool that you say that, and that you got you and Gabby were able to help each other on so many levels And even to this day you guys still' in stay in touch, you know even the, as you guys have grown in different areas of your lives, and recovery can be such an amazing thing, right because not only does it kind of save your life, it it brings people into your life that you're able to help and also that they're able to help you, and it really takes that moment of like you know what, just saying no more. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I need to make a change. So, what was that moment like for you 10 and a half years ago? Like I know there was some sort of intervention that happened, I think with your friends, right? And yes. And I, what ha- what happened and what led up to that?
0: Um, so that story in a quick nutshell is that I had a 15 year crazy partying using career with alcohol, cocaine, and pills. And I was working at Fox news at the time and some celebrities were dying, like Keith Ledger and DJ AM. And that kind of scared me. I was also afraid that I was going to like, so I was doing really shady stuff, like buying Coke from like weird people. And I was afraid I was going to get arrested. And then like, I'd lose my job or that I just wasn't going to wake up one day from all the things that were in my body. And I saw a video of myself that I didn't even remember like doing in a blackout. And I was just like horrified and a hot mess and people around me, like their faces were just like disgusted by what they saw. And so I was thinking, okay, I feel like this is going to have to come to an end soon. And then two weeks later I was in Florida with a group of friends and I had taken a bunch of pills and they couldn't wake me up. And I was like, you know, passed out like half naked on the, on the, the floor. And I guess somehow they got me to my bed and my now ex-husband, but then husband um, came up and was like, you need to go to rehab or we're getting a divorce. And I was like, F you. And then he went back downstairs and he brought the rest of the people. So there were seven people surrounding my bed. And, uh, they like, it's like they, it's like they had watched the show intervention or something like it wasn't planned. It definitely wasn't planned, but what they said it was just like you know you know and it was my one of my friends from work that convinced me like you've just been working so hard like why don't you take some time for yourself and go and and you know my friend my other friend was like remember you used to like steal my ritalin and snort it (laughs) like you kind of like always had a problem like this would be good for you and I knew in that moment, like, thank God. because I was like, so like still, I was so hung over and like still messed up, but I knew like I would deserve, I knew I deserved more for my life that I had more to contribute to this world. And also that it would be the best thing that I could do for myself. Like somehow in that moment, I knew all three of those things. And then I had like a really crappy last drink. I had <laughs> <laughs> a a raspberry vodka stoli with like seven up it was so gross i was like ew this is my last drink um yeah so then i went to rehab and you know i just did what they told me and i did outpatient for like 3 months after and you know so you know luckily like i mean i i i thank my kids for my early sobriety too because 8 months in to be being sober, I was like accidentally pregnant with my son. And so then that like gave me an excuse, like, Oh, I'm not drinking because I'm pregnant. And then once I had my son, I was like, Oh my God, how can I be a mom and drink anyways? And then like, my son was like five months old and I was accidentally pregnant with my daughter. So like the first like year and a half, pretty much like first years were just like me doing mom stuff. And look, I mean, I'm busy. Like, I, I idle time. Like I get, I mean, people are relapsing during the coronavirus left and right because they're just like home and they don't have, if they don't have a job and isolating. And so like I, part of one of the reasons I stay sober is because I, I busy, like I have so much to do, but I also draw from a lot of things. Like I, like I mentioned the meditation and journaling, but like, yoga and and church and, and program and all 12 step programs and and all of those things. Like they all self-help books. Like I just, I love like listening on my drive to work. Like I love self-help books. so
1: What do you think, you know, just hearing that is amazing because, you know, I interviewed all these people in the book, right? From all walks of life. On how they got and stayed in recovery, whatever we really worked for them, but there was always a common theme, right? Which is why I wrote the book: was fitness, spirituality, the people they surrounded themselves with, and self awareness, right? And it seems like you have all of that going on for you, and even now during COVID, as much as it sucks that people are isolating, people or don't have access to the same things, you kind of have to be self aware and know that it's up to you to make a choice and how you respond. So talk a bit about like what, I mean, I'm a trainer. So, you know, I'm going to talk to you about fitness. I know you love working out. Your trainer's coming in a little while. What has that done for your mindset as far as self-love, right? Because here's the thing, you know, Gabby obviously talks about self-love and there's no, and you talked about self-love with getting into recovery. I believe there's no better way to show self-love than to take care of your body on a daily basis. So what has fitness done for for you and your and the way you feel about yourself?
0: Well, first of all, I did not get transference into like being super active. Let's like, be clear here. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could be doing more cardio. I wish I could eat healthier because I I look, I mean, how many nights have I, you know, felt like, okay, this is one of those times I would have drank. And instead I'm going to eat a big bowl of pasta. I'm going to have a McFlurry. flurry. Like I'm going to, you know, eat carbs because yum, that's comfort food. That makes me feel better. So I still do that, but you know what? I didn't drink. And I meant to the point of like the one thing that was drilled into my head a zillion times, like in rehab and everything was nothing's going to get better by drinking or jogging. Like the situation is still going to be there. So people who, you know, are dealing with, or the situations of COVID, like they're just going to wake up feeling horrible. Cause you know, after you haven't drank for a while, it's going to be the worst hangover. Like, and as we get older, it's like, Oh my God, acid reflux and hangovers and headaches right. and all that comes with it. Like you're just going to wake up to the problem and you're going to feel even worse about it. So like, I know that. So like I, so I, I kind of run through it. I'm like, okay, really, if I was going to like drink in this situation, like what, what would it do? How would it benefit me? Like instead I'm just going to like, now I have those tools meditate journal, like just like sad moments. Okay. Just be sad. Call out six, stay in bed all day and watch movies. Like whatever you have to do, just don't drink. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's been a lot, I, I used to live like closer to the beach. And so, um, if I was having, I mean, I have really, really stressful days reporting sometimes, really awful things where I'll like cover like 10 kids dead or like just emotionally and physically draining things. So I loved to like go for a walk after work on the beach. Like that was like my, like, I would just like connect like to God and just the beauty of the, the water and all that. I mean, not everyone lives next to an ocean, so they can't do that. And I wish I lived closer to it. Cause I just, I just love like going for a walk and, but yeah, my, my trainer, he, he is coming in, in a couple minutes and, um, that's just easier because I've got my kids here and so we've got a little gym set up. But yeah, I mean, I, like I said before, I draw from everything. And of course I would love to be like way more <laughs> fit, but it's kind of like, you know, it's like everything, it's just a balance of it all. Like my life used to be so up and down all the time and crazy. And then like sobriety is just like calm. And if someone says it's boring, like, I mean, in the beginning it feels boring, but now it's just, like, I just love like being at peace and I just know how to like deal with things. So I'm not going up and down.
1: Right. No. <laughs> and I- I'm,
0: sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, we're not talking like about like burpees and
1: no, I don't. I don't want to talk about what I wanted to talk about. I guess is more like how everything is comes together for you, and in a way that helps you, and and in, in it includes the tools you're pulling from to help you with your adversity that you're going through. Because a lot of people, they don't see the dark side of media. Like they don't see that all the the hard times they might. People, a lot of people might be like, "Wow, like I wish I was on TV every day. I wish I was an anchor," because they see. The fame, and they see the likes, and they see everything else. But talk a bit about like some of the struggles with being somebody who's had to travel, like you said, to some of these. I mean, I've seen some of the stories you've had to cover. That's that's awful. What that does to you emotionally, and like kind of how you have to set boundaries to deal with it for yourself.
0: Yeah. So when I'm on the anchor desk and I have to do like ten hours, like Kobe Bryant died, it was ten straight hours of talking about it, and my fiance like I've, I've never seen him private. He's like the biggest Lakers fan ever. And, and he wanted to, you know, talk about it when I came home from work that day. And I was like, honestly, I cannot talk about this anymore. Like I am emotionally drained from this. And then for some reason, like all school shootings or mass shootings tend to happen when I'm on the anchor desk or, and I, or I'm out at them if they're local. And, Like the stuff being out in the field, it's like the, the, you know, you're going to like bad parts of town, you're dealing with death, you're trying to get people whose kids died to talk to you, like people are rude to you, like, and there's no bathroom. And so like, they're completely different jobs reporting and anchoring. So like I said, I have a mix of both, which which is good. Um, But that you, there's a barrier when you're on the anchor desk to like being at the situation because you can feel more okay and people's vibes. And, and I'm like I'm an empath. So I have to really try. That's why I really have to come home and, and decompress from it. And like, sometimes I'll like, I'll wake up and I'll just have after those, after the, the covering, cause the protests, um, everything's been peaceful, but like that weekend where things in LA got out of hand was a Saturday and Sunday. So I did like, 20 hours on the anchor desk. And like the next morning, like, I just wanted to cry. Like I, I get emotional hangovers mm. and and I just have to like keep going. So uh, sometimes I just have to t- call out sick. And, um, honestly, like this year has been very challenging news wise. And I ha- like, like, you know, I haven't had a break. Um, and so I, I don't know. Like, am I going to be in news forever? I I really don't know. That's why I'm kind of like having like an epiphany. Like, do I, do I want to do this forever? Cause I really would like to be like more of a motivational person, be more in positivity and help people that way. And I try to do that on the side with my podcast and that's what I tried to do with my book. So tonight at 10 kicking booze and breaking news.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I think, you know, what you just said is, it's very inspiring that you take the time and set boundaries for yourself to make sure that you're you're ta- that you're you're loving yourself and nourishing in a way that's protecting your energy, protecting your sobriety, protecting your family, because you're right. I'm sure it can be extremely tough to be an empath and to be in the situation where you're constantly, you know, reporting a lot of negative stuff that's going on. And then and then and then breathing in that energy constantly is something a lot of people they don't see that side that other people can turn it off right like like i i mean we can turn it off i mean i but you can't
0: yeah and i've news that's my version of a nightmare when it's like a horrible. Like I just had one last night where I'm seeing I, I totally watched, and I don't know why I keep having them. I watched a plane crash in my dream, and I was like having to cover the story. And I'm so it was like a double newsmare because like I wasn't getting a story done on time, but also like I was seeing this plane crash, and that's like the second plane crash I've dream I've had in a month. So like horrible things like always happen in my dreams. <laughs> I call them my newsmares. Yeah. But, um, I mean, on the flip side, I'm doing what I always wanted to do since my whole life, since third grade. And there, you know, are glamorous things that come with it. And I'm grateful to be having a job right now. Like when, on tough days, I do have to like, be like, Oh, remember like hundreds of thousands of women around the world want to be in my spot. And, you know, there, I get, you know, five hours of airtime on the weekends, like or ten hour hours of airtime as it is every weekend. Like that brings other opportunities or whatever. So yeah, no, I, I mean I'm I'm super I always try to be like very grateful for things and I'm like every day, like before I get in the shower, like I'm on my knees, like thanking God. Like God was always a part of my life. Like my kid my parents took me to church every single Sunday, like through high school. So
1: Yeah. And gosh, the whole news mayors thing. That's, that's funny you say that. I mean, I've never even thought about that. And I've, as you know, I've done a lot of media and been very fortunate to be on the other end of it where I'm in studio and I'm being brought on and, you know, but I I haven't really been able to, I guess, learn to understand what it's like to be somebody in your shoes where, like gosh if a a plane crashes or even with like kobe like i cried when kobe died too like i was a huge lakers fan you know him Shaq, like everything and i just remember like nonstop media i was all about kobe and and then everything else that happened after that and just like i was like man i can't imagine being somebody who reports on this all the time and like there's you don't get a break from it like i can turn it off i have like even my, my coaching clients now i'm like hey like Limit your media exposure. Like, it's like negativity breeds negativity. There's a lot of negativity in the world. Like, keep yourself informed, but yet set a boundary with yourself. And I feel sorry for some people who are in your shoes who are like, can't get it. So I'm not like, all right, I'm going to just That's check out.
0: Alex in the news business.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what, it, what, what I meant to ask is, how did Fox News handle everything when you were going through every, like your, your rock bottom? Did you lose your job? Or did, you, did they help you out? Were they supportive? Or was that like? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second. But first, wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products, such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthecofoodscom forward slash Doug Bopes Again, echofoods.com forward slash Doug Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss and when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now, back to the show.
0: When that little intervention was going down, my then husband called my agent, who then Ooh. called Fox News. And they were really cool because they're like, look, take the time that you need. Thank you for being proactive about this because they don't want to have to clean up a mess. You know, like they wouldn't have, I would have lost my job if I had gotten busted for, for Coke. Um, I mean, maybe they would have been like, okay, go to they seem to be like cooler than other places. Like there have been other people since me that have had like instances where they've, you know, gone to rehab and then are still working there. But I kind of was I, I kind of like went there not as an entertainment person and then the three people who were entertainment over um the years I was there left. And so I became the main entertainment person. So when I came back from rehab, like trying to do entertainment at a politics channel, like you just never get on. And so I, I had, I like lost a a lot of my airtime. Like I had a Bill O'Reilly segment before I went to rehab and then like, I just disappeared for six weeks. So they gave it to someone else. And like, for me, that was doubly hard because my whole life, like my, I was a work hard, play hard person. And my identity was like working in news and then party, work hard, play hard. So for me, like to lose my partying life and also my airtime and my career, what felt like I was sitting on the bench, like that was awful. And so I just was like, all right, well, I'm going to focus on my recovery now. And so over time, you know, it was just clear, like, this is stupid. Like I'm not getting on the air. And so they were really cool. Like they, I ended up finishing my last year of my contract out at Fox 11 in LA and they like paid for me to move. And I was the main entertainment reporter at Fox 11 for the last year of my contract. And they, they felt bad. They're like, we know that like you've gotten like lost in the mix and it's just been like a crazy news year. And you know, the first stuff to go is news or is, is entertainment and weather and sports. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. So, and then the opportunity came up for me to be to switch stations, and so i've this is my I'm in my eighth year at KtLA now
1: yeah, it's huge, and for those who don't know what KTLA is, it's like the main news source in l a and you know there's so much obviously that happens in in that city, from entertainment to music to you know politics to current events that you have a big responsibility, and I believe what you're the late night anchor, right so you're you know at times you're out pretty late, my right.
0: Yes. And, and there are like amazing things I've gotten to do as well. You know, like, Oh, how cool is my job? Like so many, so few people are getting to be in this spot or witness this and be up close and personal or interview that person. It's just, it's just, we do love death instruction. So (laughs) if it bleeds, it leads. That is, that is definitely um, the case. But then, you know, I think, well, if I was in entertainment, I feel like I'm not making a difference. And it's just like, not as important of news. And like this this past, this past year, it's been like history. It's like, wow, I'm experiencing history. I can always look at back and say like, I was anchoring during those times so I'm happy. I mean, it's, it's all, I'm super lucky. I'm super grateful for how my life has played out. This is. I think sometimes you get a little anxiety, like, well, what's next? Like, and, and else, it's weird. I, I dream like crazy. So I also was, aside from my plane crash dream, also in my dream last night, I was writing a second book, like it was happening. Like I was going to be having a second book. And we were, t- I was like talking with my publicist about it. It was very detailed. <laughs> so, I mean, is there another book in me? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And I, it's just, I, I appreciate, yeah. And I appreciate you sharing what you share and what you said, because like, obviously there is a lot of positives with being in the media and being an anchor and people like aspire that, right? They're like, oh, wow. I can't believe she's able to interview this person or on the road or. Oh, she's a lot out of her house during COVID and, you know, but they don't see a lot of the dark sides of what, and what it can do to you emotionally and how you can drain your energy. And especially if you're in recovery, you know, and you've already have, have had, you know, times in your life where you haven't managed yourself in the, in the best way possible. So did your addiction, that st- was like the party scene, was that part of the news culture or did it stem from something like growing up? Like, where did that start?
0: I think I've always surrounded myself with people who party. And the craziest thing is that like before in those 15 years, I could always find cocaine all. And it's so weird, Doug in 10 and a half years, I haven't even seen it. I have not physically seen cocaine in 10 and a half years. And that is just incredible to me. And maybe it's just like, Well, I'm certainly not like in bars, like, you know, trying to find it or whatever, but it's, it's, I just really feel like the, as you know, as Gabby Bernstein says, the universe has my back and it's kind of like your vibe that you put out and like attracts like, and I I just, you know, I, I mean, like, look, for anyone who's listening that might be, like, newly sober, nobody wants to get sober. Like, we want to keep, like, feeling mm. the good stuff or numbing out the bad stuff. And I I just have loved it much. And that's why I wrote my book, because I just wanted to share that. And thankfully, like, the desire to stop drinking, like, has been lifted for me. And you, re- as they say, like, you don't ever have to drink again. And there's nothing, like... Sometimes I'm like, well, what if my kids died? Would I like drink then? Like, that's a horrible thing to think. But <laughs> um, I, I, I just really like. There's nothing worth like relapsing over.
1: No, you're right. And now it's like, I think sometimes, just like, I mean, in my own experience, you you have to be fighting for something greater than yourself, right? Whether that's you know family, whether that's God, whether that's like a relationship. And I know for me, what really kickstarted my recovery was when my cellmate helped me transform my life when I was in jail. I didn't want to let him down when I got out. I was like, if I let this guy down, like I'm I'm never gonna be able to, you know, live past this moment. And that's what was like a big um turning point for me in my recovery, right?
0: Talking to you now, it's like I can't even imagine you in jail. It's so
1: crazy
0: <laughs> people's like when you meet people and you know them only in recovery you're like i can't even picture you like that
1: yeah i mean i was 50 pounds heavier than i am now like snorting an eight ball of coke and 3 400 milligrams of oxy a day and my life was just in shambles suicidal thoughts you know i could have been the model for pillsbury but my point is like when i was in jail i i had this guy who just unbeknownst to me was going to be this unsung hero in my life. And he helped me for God knows what reason. And then when I got out, I was like, you know what? Like I need to repay this guy by paying it forward and keeping myself straight. And so like for anybody listening right now, like in newly in recovery, like, you know, sometimes you have to grab a hold of something that's outside of yourself, whether it's kids, whether it's like a, you know, a family member, um, because that could be a, a strong enough why to kickstart you in the right direction. And then once you get that, that ball rolling, you can look back and be like, you know what? I got this. I got this. I've been in recovery now for two months, I've been in recovery now for three months. I have, mm-hmm. you know, and then you start developing new habits along the way. And so.
0: Yeah, I totally agree because so my rehab was really expensive. Like insurance ended up paying just like $25,000 in and insurance paid 17 of it. Like I'm, I'm grateful that I had that. Um, right. and so for me, like, I was like, Oh my God, this I'm so frugal. I'm like, this was, I, I got to do this for a year because it's so expensive and I got to get my money's worth. And then also like my, bo- my bosses know. So I got to do this for a year. That was my thought. And then like, I just kept liking how I was feeling. So just give it time and then it will just keep getting better and better.
1: Yeah. And I think like time, time does heal those kind of wounds. Like, and I think for me, and I'm sure for you too, like the more you incorporate in that toolbox of ways you can manage your stress, manage your anxiety, manage your depression, and you, and you actually use that stuff when you're stressed out, the less you have a desire to self-medicate or whatever it is with the drinking or the drugs or whatever, because now you've found there's other ways to make yourself feel better. And because a lot of people are like, oh, you're sober, you're in recovery, like life's easy. And it's like, no, the same problems are still there. The same memories, same traumas, the same anxiety, stress. It's just how you manage it is what counts. And I, right. Would would you agree?
0: I've never had anyone say life's, I thought you were going to say, they were going to say, oh, like you're, you must have no fun. Because What I've noticed is people don't want to get sober because they think that they're never going to have fun again. That's the number one comment. Yeah, but I won't have fun again. And it's like your definition of fun just changes. And you, I mean, Oh, another thing Gabby told me was like, just look at it. Like you just lost, you lost the privilege. Like I lost the privilege of partying. And look, I had 15 years. Like, okay, that was a part of my life. 15 years of partying like that's fun. now I'm on a new chapter of my life and I don't look I don't judge I don't preach I don't try to convert anyone Mm, I mean sometimes like I will be like oh I feel I feel sad for that person that I mean I've just seen so many of my friends like because I'm still friends with people that I partied with and luckily they were really supportive of me um but like we're really in our 40s now and let me tell you like that the, the continuing partying, like for ten and a half more years, like they're looking like really old. So, like there's a beauty secret in sobriety too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, because definitely it can. I mean, addiction can age you, right? You can sometimes you can tell, like you know, somebody that has been, you know, living a tough life for a while, and you know, that you look at them and they're like, wow, you're like, wow, like, I can't, because you ask them how old they are and they look substantially older than they really are. And it's because not in everybody, obviously I've seen people that it doesn't, you know, right. affect nearly as much, but that could be a motivation too. Like for people who are like worried about what they're going to look like when they're 50, 60 years old, 40 years old, like, okay, like, you know, that if you drink constantly or you're using constantly, it's, it's pretty much increasing your possibility of, of, you know, having you look more unhealthy or whatever the case may be. And so that could be an external motivator too. So like what I want to ask you now is, all right, so you got a book, you, you got your show. Um, you obviously you're doing everything with KTLA. Like what's like, what's next for you? If you were to say like ne- looking at next year, like what is something like you could look back like in a year and you're like, wow, like I'm so happy that I made some sort of choice. Or maybe it's another book. Like you said, maybe it's growing your podcast. Like, what is it you think? I mean, I know you're getting married, right? So that's, that's obviously well, something on the horizon.
0: I'm getting married, but that, that we're supposed to be doing it in Italy in October. So that is now completely up in the air. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen just because I don't even think Italy's letting in U S citizens yet without like a 14 day quarantine. So, and like my kids' passports are lost. My wedding dress is lost. Like none of our family is going to come. And so, I think that's the big thing too. It's just like surrendering, you know, like I, I'm not going to spend time worrying about it because worrying is praying for something you don't want mm. and focus on today and you know, it, it, whatever. I, I just surrender. I was angry about it before, but I'm like, whatever, it's fine. Um, so I don't know. I think that's like, I think that's where I'm, I'm kind of in this weird spot. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I could go a couple different tangents. And it's like i have I always call news like the abusive husband I can't leave because you do have this like addiction to it, and you get like the highs of the the deadlines and performing and all of that like I wonder if I wasn't in it. Would I miss it? Would I be like seeing all my friends on Instagram who are you know still in the business or would I be okay and be like, all right? Well, that was a chapter of my life. I accomplished all of these goals, and now I want to move on to to maybe more of like the motivational, helping people thing. And I'm getting since I'm getting married, like I now have that like as a financial option, or I I would love to work part time <laughs> too. Maybe <laughs> like I would love to just anchor my weekend show and then like focus on like I want to I. I want to like, I would like to do speaking around the country Mm. and I do think there's another book in me. Maybe that was the sign of that dream last night. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I think it will come. Right. And I think the fact of the matter is you seem so dedicated and taking care of yourself and manifesting things. Right. I know Gabby talks a lot about manifesting and just staying grounded in your intentions and, and just knowing that you know, whatever's meant to be is meant to be. Right. And even like looking at everything that's going on with, with the wedding, it's like, okay, like what lessons can come from this? How can, what, what's the positives in this? What's the perspective? And I think in recovery, it's so important to have this perspective shift. It's like, okay, like if you think you're not going to have fun, you're not going to have fun. Like it's just plain and simple right. that way. Right. If you th- yeah. if you think yeah. you're not going to meet new people, you're not going to meet new people. So The last, what, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's so true. And then another one is this too, this too shall pass. That's another
1: one. Yeah. And (laughs) a lot of people are like, oh, that's so like cliche, but it's like also very true because this does pass.
0: What was your final question?
1: (laughs) So my final question is this. So imagine like someone near and dear to you. Maybe it's like the young Courtney, or maybe it's like one of your kids is going through a really tough time. They're in the depths of despair. They're feeling lost. What are you kind of telling them and why?
0: Well, first I tell them to read my book because they're (laughs) exact person that I wrote it for. I'm assuming you're talking about the person who's in despair being in addiction
1: or addiction or maybe they just like, maybe they just lost their job, right? Maybe they, or just, they lost a family member and they're just like in a really bad time.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm a huge person of like, let's dissect your life and go through all the things that you're grateful for and like you're not I and mean, then I then I then I say like um look at all these stories I've done with the people who have lost their arms and legs and that they have had like 98% of their skin burned off and they watched their husband burn right in front of them in the car they get them out and just all these horrible things like you're you're so lucky cuz like the universe is not going to give you more unless you can handle and are grateful for what you have and so like you got to just like, whatever, write a gratitude list and get effing grateful for what you have in this moment. And then more will come. And then, yeah, this too shall pass. And I would highly suggest meditating because that also changed my life. And I mean, or whatever, even if you like have to take some Selexa or Zoloft, if you're really depressed, like I'm totally open for people doing that. I'm not like one of those people who's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that in sobriety. Cause it's not, it's not like your mind altering, altering, like getting messed up. It's like, that's like a brain chemistry. You don't even know the difference. So
1: I yeah, that. of course. And, and gratitude is the spice of life. I think gratitude is the key to true peace and happiness because so many times we focus on the things we don't have in our life, which is typically material things that we forget to really take inventory of the things we do have and I think a lot of people hopefully are learning this even during this lockdown from COVID that like there's some things in our life that we've been taking for granted maybe it is like the human connection maybe it is going out to eat so where can people find out more I mean obviously you got your book um that I'll be sure to put in the notes on Amazon obviously you're active on Instagram what at Courtney Friel right
0: yeah all of my socials are at Courtney Friel and my yeah check out my book. The Audible just came out. I think it's like $4 to listen to and it's under three hours. So it's an easy listen.
1: Awesome. Well, Hey, Courtney, thank you so much for hopping on. And for those who are listening to this, you know, definitely check out her book, definitely check out her story because, you know, she has really accomplished a lot in her recovery. And just like, just hearing what she's saying, even like from their messaging about, you know, some of the struggles you face with being a news anchor, you know, through all this and how to stay grounded. Um, something that's super relatable, right?
0: Like A lot of life lessons, like so many people who have nothing to do with being sober or wanting to be sober, like have read it and been like, Oh my gosh, wow. Like I want to try meditating or like, Oh my God, I love how you, you know, you made that point about like being grateful for what you have or like how you changed your work perspective and, and, and like my sober dating chapter, like that helps people who aren't sober and are dating. Like there's, There's a lot of, of good advice and it's just, it's stuff I've been through. So allow me to make the mistakes for you (laughs) and you can learn from them. And this was a great combo. I think this is like my favorite podcast I've done, Doug.
1: Really? I think. Uh, Well, yeah. Coming from somebody who does a lot of like interviews and I mean, I mean, obviously (laughs) you're in the media. That means a lot. I mean, I try to bring on people and talk about their stories and just have like a more like organic, natural flowing combo. So I appreciate you coming on.
0: Well, I can just, it's like, we've never met in person, but I can just sense your ease in life. And there's something with people who are sober, like it just radiates from them and they're just like calm and collected. And, and why wouldn't you want to be like that? Right people?
1: Yeah. I mean, why would you want to be, Yeah, why would you want to be any other way? And I think, yeah, it's taking time. There's definitely times where, you know, I lose my stuff or I get stressed out or whatever, like just everybody else, but just the way I handle it is so much different. Than when I was in my addiction. Right. So, but anyway, for those listening, once again, check out Courtney, uh, check out her books. Everything will be linked in the show notes and be sure to reach out to her if this resonated with you. And also, you know, we always love hearing feedback. So if you like this episode, please leave us a five star review. We would definitely appreciate it. And once again, you're listening to this episode of The Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bopes, and we will see you next time.